Hey, yo, we back at it again. You know, with your boy Ray, Ray Ray's podcast. You know, we live from the ninth floor, beautiful downtown Dallas. Hello, studios, man. Thank you for tuning in to another episode, man. Happy New Year. If anyone told you Happy New Year already, you know, I want to tell you Happy New Year. Got a great episode uh, playing for y'all. But, you know, real quick, you know, we got to start the show off right. You know, if you had a bad day, bad month, let's reset that. We don't, you know, get the Birdman hands together. You gotta get the swag on, all right? So, let's do this. Let's say these words. Are y'all ready? Let's go. So, in case nobody told you today, just know you're beautiful, you're loved, you're needed, you're alive for a reason. Hey, you're stronger than you think. You're gonna get through this. See, on Ray Ray's podcast, I'm glad you're alive. And I don't give up. So when you keep them words in your mind, hard time comes. It's going to be like autopilot. You're just going to go back like, yo, I am love. I can't get through this. I can do anything I want to. You know what I'm saying? So just say those positive words. Keep that mindset. I promise you get through anything. All right. Bet. So let's, let's get to the show today, man. We, we got a hot show playing for y'all today. I gotta, we, 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 got, we got one of the top, you know, artists, producers, musicians in the building. Yeah, I want y'all to give a warm Ray Ray's podcast welcome to my guy, the homie Nas, aka the Trap Pianist in the building. What's up, fam? What's good with your family? How you doing, bro? All is well. Man, glad you were able to pull up to the podcast. Got you while you were in the D, you know, oh, you man. in Atlanta. New home, man. This <laughs> just the new home. Dallas, the new home. You know, so you know how, how you loving it? How you loving the city? Man, I love it, dog. I mean, it's, it remind me of like. Atlanta back in the 90s, you know what I mean? Like, it's all love, you know what I mean? Everybody speak. You know, it's just yeah. southern hospitality. Yeah, yeah. You know, Atlanta like baby New York now, so you know what I mean? Yeah. It reminds me of them old Atlanta days. <laughs> what, uh, what day they say off of uh, uh, next Friday? She smell the air? <laughs> you can taste the air. Tastes good. <laughs> but, show, all right, but let's get into it, man. Let's get into the show, man. All right? So let's talk to us, man. You know, you like I said, you know, you're a musician. You know, you you know, producer, your artist, what got you in the game, bro? Talk to us. Take us on that journey, man. Oh uh, man, um honestly, God got me in the game. I mean, I was one of those kids where it's like, um, you know, it's like why I call myself the trap pianist, right? So in, in the hood, you know, kids don't have a lot of opportunity. So you have to do what you either talented at or you have to figure it out. Most kids that get involved in the streets, they trying to figure it out because they can't identify their talent. For me, I was born with my talent. So it's like music, you know, something that I tried to run from, you know what I mean? But I was born with it. So, man, I started out the womb, to be honest with you. I mean, I was playing drums at local church by the time I was, you know, nine years old or whatnot. Yeah, yeah that's how I started. <laughs> hey, man, I got to get paid some kind of work, right. you know what I'm saying? So. I think everybody got that one person in their family that played the drums at church. Like, come on, bro. That's where it starts. They say we were the baddest people out of all <laughs> people who were the church drummers. They don't want to get in the most trouble. Hey, we the ones that uh, the, the, the girls are coming to church and you look at out and it's, oh, drums. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you can relate to this story. Like, man, you know, being a church drummer, you know, all right, when the pastor start preaching, you know, we all, everybody would go dip off to the back. If a game was on, trying to right. watch TV or something. Well, cr- oh, sound like Pastor yelling. <laughs> come on, y'all. It's time to come back out there right, again. Right, right. With the pastor saying, like, I need my help. Like, All right, right, guys. Let's go. Let's right, go. Right, right. <laughs> Have you ever, ever had your leg go out and play in the drum? Like, one time, I got a cramp. For sure. I couldn't play the bass. Man, I couldn't play the bass. I'm it's, like, it's crazy. What, what, over, over with a shout groove or something like that? Yeah. I was like, uh, I, 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 I got stuck because I got a cramp. But someone told me this, and I, I, I'm glad I learned this. 
or most organs already have bass generated sure. in an organ. I'm like, sure. Jesus. <laughs> see, see, I was a kid, man. When I was playing, I was too short to uh, sit on the seat. So I used to have to start off playing standing up. So, I mean, the leg hurting. I mean, yeah. that's where it started, bro. <laughs> like I said, I came out the womb with it. So it was just something that I just gravitated to early and then realized, you know, I always had hustle in my heart, you know, because of my father. My father yeah. always taught me how to hustle. You know what I mean? He didn't necessarily know – how to formulate legitimate businesses, but he taught me how to get my yeah, own money, yeah, right? Yeah. And he gave me nothing. It was all, if I get it to you, you got to get it back. So you got to figure out how to hustle to get it back. So as a kid, man, I'm in the church, and I'm like, oh, they're going to pay me $40 to play the drums a week, man. I'm like nine years old. I'm like, man. I, so when I get around to the house, man, dope boys come around. They trying to offer me little jobs. I'm like, bro, I just made $40. I'm digging <laughs> my pocket. You know, like, man, I made some money today. Like, I don't really need to do that. So then, you know. I'm always looking for opportunity. So just like it's small as something like the church, I was in the church looking for opportunity. Next thing I know, I saw opportunity, a lane open up where we didn't have a keyboard player. I'm like, shit, I can play that too. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you see what I'm saying? So then one thing leads to another, you know what I mean? And then from playing, you know, keys, you know, I fell in love with that. Mm -hmm. And then from that, you know, you get into production and then you – you know, you get into, oh, I want to rap at one point in your life, and then later on it leads to wherever you find yourself. You know what I mean? And that's what we here to get into. Man, I feel, uh, I feel like everyone goes through that one phase, like, I want to rap. I think everybody goes through, on, I want to be a rapper phase. Come on. I think everybody got at least one song they have recorded. Come on, man. That they still show people, like, hey, yo, yo, this is me back in the day, bro. I could have made it one day, you know, man. <laughs> That's sure. like that's like the niggas are like yeah you know I would have made it in high school ball if I would have got hurt for sure man as one of them but one of the things you just said something that stood out to me is you was willing to go out there and get it and work hard for it and I feel like this generation they really don't have that same mentality of work ethic and getting it on their own right I feel like this generation they kind of want handouts I ain't, I ain't you know ain't trying to sugarcoat it but I mean I feel like a lot of people are like okay what are you gonna do for me we right. have a what are you gonna do for me mentality right. versus like yo I'm gonna go get it myself regardless and that's something I really admire about people, especially our generation growing up, is we had to get it out the mud. That's the only way. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that too. So you're talking about, you know, you started playing the drums and then you started, you know, you know, playing the keys. Are you self taught or how, how did you learn how to play uh, play keys? I don't really like to call it self talk. I call it God talk. You know okay. what I mean? It's like, like I say, man, God gave me this gift. I tried to run from it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I say, I wanted to hang out with my partners that was doing dirty shit you know what i mean yeah. like when i was going in the house back in my neighborhood i was born in east lake out of atlanta you know what i mean which is right next to kirkwood where future from and all that yeah, yeah. you know what i mean but like when i was coming up the neighborhood was called little vietnam you know what i mean yeah. so the main thing for my parents was keep them in the house you get what i'm saying so i got yeah. into music at an early age but yet I went to school with these kids. When I go to school, bro, like I'm, I'm trying to be with the cool kids. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to be with the squares. And the, and to be honest with you, let's be real, the cool kids weren't really coming to church. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So <laughs> he's like, I don't want to do this no more. Right. So yeah. I'm torn between. So it's like, and and that's why I even, you know, do what I do now, just even for the youth, man, because like you get caught up into trying to impress somebody or this, that, and the third, and then you'll lose your talent. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So like for me. You know, as a young age, I didn't want to take no lessons. Yeah, it was like, yeah. man, nobody could convince me to take yeah. lessons. My pops used to be like, man, take some lessons. Man, no. Because I felt like piano lessons at that time was corny. You yeah. know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. But over the course of time, you know what I mean? Thank God Thank, that it yeah. gave me a natural gift. I was able to kind of catch up later. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how it came about. It's almost like the piano chose me versus me choosing it. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Music, period. You know what I mean? It, it chose me. 
So as much as I tried to run, yeah. boom, I'm back. You're back. Okay. So at one point, you was like, okay, I got to pursue this. I got to pursue it. At one point, when you got to like, yo, this is it for me. I, I got to do it. Uh, probably at that point in high school uh, when everybody come at you and they say what you're going to be when you grow up or what you're going to do, right? Yeah. See, I was at a point where because I had a natural gift as a kid, by the time I get to high school, it's almost like I felt as though I should already have made it with my music gift yeah. because it was just so natural. But then you get in high school, you're like, damn, I'm supposed to go to college now? Like, what am I supposed to <laughs> yeah. do with this, right? I never was the kid that was really interested in school because I don't like direction. Like, I, I, I don't like people telling me what to do. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I'm my own man. I, I can make my own decisions. That's just how I was. So I, I would always tune out. So that moment when it was like, what are you going to do in school? Man, I, shit, I was, I was a hustler. I felt like, man, hey, I made $40 since I was a kid off of music. I may as well print some CDs, and if I'm going to go to school, shit, I'm going to rap on my CD and sell them in class. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I started doing. Smart. That's what, how's the mentality? So you, you were on a, a label, right? So uh, later, you know what I mean? From the, So at the beginning, you know, I had that, I guess, you know, growing up with the influences like Master P and all of them dropping albums at the time. We talking like early 2000s, stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? I'm kind of in a place where, you know, I want to be – the peas and the Birdmans and all this. So, you know, I would take the talent in my neighborhood, you know what I mean, and have them come to my mom's house, and we would record and I would produce everybody out of my mom's house, right? Yeah. So, like, we in my mom's house, they in there, like, fuck, 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 you know, cussing like a <laughs> mother, you know what I mean, smelling like weed when they come to the house, you know what I mean? But God bless her, man, she really believed in me. Yeah. So it was like, she, you know, her beliefs in, in, in church and spirituality, she was able to put them aside for her son's dream, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I basically started my own label, man, started my own rap group when I was younger, and then from there, you know how things go, it led me on a journey to try to find a situation that was professional that worked, and then I got led to being a producer, which ended up, uh, I ended up signing to Jeezy back in like uh, 2006, something like that. Okay. So tell me what, what was that experience like for you? Was that? The Jeezy experience? Yeah, tell us about the, you know, being able to get, going through that process of one, getting signed, and you know, that whole time you were signed with uh, Jeezy. So the problem with it, when it take a long time to make it in life and something, right? You yeah. gotta understand, I told you I was a kid that could already play music, had the job like nine, and then going through the high school journey, all I could think was, I wanna make it in music, I wanna make it, because that's all I really knew what to do. But at the same time, it's no opportunity at that time. You gotta understand, I came up during the whole trap movement. You know what I mean? When Outkast came up, I was a teenager, and then when the trap scene started popping, you know, I'm about three, I guess about three, four years younger than Jeezy, right? Yeah, yeah. So at the time, when he, he's the big homie. He, you know, he was the biggest thing in the city, Yeah. you know, due to, you know what I mean, his music, man. I mean, everywhere you turn. And at the time, I was a valet at the strip club because I was like, yo, if I work as a valet and I know where all the artists going to be at, man, I'm going to start sticking my yeah, damn CD yeah. in their cars. You know what I mean? So over the course of time, you know what I mean, when I get an opportunity to work with him, I was so you know, blown away that I got this opportunity. To be honest with you, I didn't even make the best of the opportunity. You know, it's almost like celebrating too fast. Yeah, like, yeah. It took me so long to make it that when I made it, it was like I got caught up in the hurrah part too much, you know what I mean, to where I'm like, oh, shit, this is a real business. Like, yeah. everybody moving that they don't pick, they don't have no brochures. It ain't like getting a job. Ain't nobody going to give you a brochure and say, this is how you make more money. This is how you better yourself in music. Wasn't no YouTube. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> 
you got to either read a book on the music business or get burnt in it. You know what I mean? So it had its ups and downs. The up part was being around somebody that talented and me being a, 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 a like when I'm in the studio, man, with people, I'm more soaking up game. You know, yeah. I, I believe yeah. in listen first, speak later. You know what I mean? So being around that, I mean, in a sense of talent, oh, man, it did wonders for my talent because yeah. I was able to really absorb somebody and watch somebody on a day-to-day basis that's like making hits. And I never, never, never regret that. <coughs> Man. So, you were, how long were you with, on the label for, with Jeezy? Uh, for four years. Four years? All right. Okay. So, uh, at, talk, talk to us the time, you know, after, you know, you left the label. You know, what, what, you know, what were some things? One, you know, it kind of caused you to leave the label. And, you know, just what was your journey after that? So, uh, what caused me to leave, and I wouldn't even really say it was a left situation, um, what it was is my lack of understanding the game. I get in the game, and, I mean, I'm early 20s. I get in the game, and then it's like out of nowhere my dream comes true. Like I told you, in my neighborhood I put kids together that believed in my vision of us having a label. You got, you get what I'm saying? So I'm technically the first person out of that group of people that made it. Yeah. So everybody thinking, damn, the big homie, you know, like, man, we finna get it, right? But when I'm in it, I'm with the other big homie. See, I'm not with my crew. I'm with somebody else's crew. Yeah. So now I'm with somebody else's crew. I'm a leader, bro. I don't function well under somebody else's crew. Remember, I told you I ain't like yeah. school because yeah. I don't like yeah. direction. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. now, you know what I mean, I'm trying to figure out, you know, my positioning in it. You know what I mean? And from that, what ended up happening is I never kept track of my money. So what happened was I got caught up into the music business, you know, meaning – the, the going to the parties with Jeezy, going to the clubs. I'm supposed to be networking, right? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you're networking, but you got free drink, free weed, free, you know what I'm saying, whatever. Yeah. And then it's almost like that alone and then working in the studio daily and not being in control of the choices that's being made. So, for an example, at that time, you work in the studio. I remember when we was working on the Recession album, right? I was in the studio for uh, roughly a year in and out while he was working on it. Right mm-hmm. now, the way the business go, that was during the mixtape era. You remember when drama, everybody's dropping yep. the fire yep. mixtapes, right? Yep. So during the mixtape era, as a producer, this is when we learn, nigga, you don't get paid. You ain't making no money. You don't get paid. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So you spending time making songs and thinking that you popping. Yeah. So now when you go to the club, you turning up like you popping. But you then when the album Gary come out, he done mixtape your music and you ain't popping. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because your pockets ain't popping. Yeah. So I went through a lot of like, you know, mental type things, man, where I got super depressed because it was like, I got to pay my bills. I got to, you know, at the time I was uh, married and I was like, man, I got a, my daughter and you know what I mean? I just had a newborn baby. So real life kicked in for me during that time to where I had to pivot, you know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. of the mis- mistakes really that I made, you know what I mean? And the choices of what I did with my money and, and how I navigated through the business. Yeah. So once uh, the deal was up, bro, I had to get to the money, man. I was like, yo, I got to figure something out. So I started little businesses I could think of. Like, yo, man, I'm about trucking a trailer. I'm going to start a lawn business. I'm going to start playing, using my piano skills and trying to do local gigs. And I started doing local gigs, which then, as much as I told you, I try to run away from music, music find me. Yeah. I'm at a local gig at a TGI Fridays on Camp Creek which people from Atlanta know Camp Creek right by airport. So 
I mean, we talking small bar area. Again, imagine a band in, in that's Atlanta, man. Atlanta yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll put a damn party <laughs> anywhere, right? So we got a band in the middle of a TGI Friday, right? <laughs> and oddly enough, guess who come through there? Oh. T-Pain. <laughs> and I'm the keyboard player playing with one of my homies, rest in peace, Los, who uh, used to be the drummer for Snoop Dogg. Okay. So it's me, Los, and then one of my homies, uh, Uncle Mike, man, OG from uh, Kentucky. You know what I'm saying? Or Cincinnati area, right? Yeah. And we in there just a trio. And these guys are phenomenal. You know what I mean? That's why I say music just chose me, man. Yeah, yeah. Los was phenomenal, man. Snoop would tell you, man, the dude was phenomenal. And what ended up happening on the break, T-Pain walk up to me and he's like, hey, man, I need a keyboard player. I'm like, damn, for real? You know what I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get away from the business. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah. on the production side, I didn't know how to manage the business. So yeah. I'm trying to pull away. But like I told you, man, you asked me earlier who gave me the gift. God gave me the gift. So as much as I try to pull away, God going to always call me back to the music. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of how I ended up, you know what I'm saying, just – you know, uh, transitioning after, you know what I mean? It kind of went more so into the playing and, you know, and that led to being minister music at churches and other things of that nature. So, you know, I had to depend on the skill. Okay. Okay. So after that, you know, you had Fridays, T-Pain, like, you you know, you, I need a keyboard player. How long did you uh, play keys for uh, for T-Pain? So that was like, I think that was like maybe 2011-ish or something like that, right? And, um... Basically, we did uh, uh, we did a couple like a lot of studio work, so it was more like going in there with the band, doing a lot of like uh, you know like when you go to the show and you hit a band yeah. over the tracks. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of production involved and stuff like that. So I think we did it. We probably did about a year and some change, something like that. Maybe like a year, year and a half ish. Um, and then uh, for me, you know, it wasn't even a situation to where like. We talked and not worked together. It was yeah. more of a situation where it's just like he did him and I'm doing me. Yeah. Next thing I know, I'm in something else because I'm always moving. I'm always trying to figure out how I can take care of myself. The last thing I want to do is ask another grown man for money. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. 100%. Right. All right. So what what do you got going on currently right now, bro? All right. So currently, man, Um. so I started about uh, maybe 2016, man, just starting to reveal my therapy. My therapy was piano, man. Like, uh, growing up, even when people used to tell me to practice or learn certain songs, like church songs, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Next thing I know, I'd be in the house, I'm playing 3-6 Mafia on keys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, that's, just, that's just how I was, right? So yeah. I would put the headphones on or whatever I could back in the day, and I'm trying to learn all these songs that, you know, I listen to on the radio, UGK, yeah. et cetera. So 2016, man, I was like, I was at a studio uh, with a session with a band. And um, I told my homie, I said, yo, bro, like, just film me um, playing, I think I played an like Outcast song or something. I just threw it out there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to play Outcast song. Uh, I think it was Player's Ball. And then he recorded it and put it out. And I looked at him. I said, man, I'm the trap pianist. You know what I mean? From that moment. And I said, you know, I'm just going to show the world my therapy. That's how I got through you know, all the depression and all that, it's just like that piano never disrespected me. You know, yeah, I might have yeah. disrespected it a couple times, but, but you know it, what I mean? Yeah. Disrespect <laughs> me. So where I'm at now, man, is uh, basically taking what I do, um, you know, my music production, I mean, my production game. I mean, it's, it's you heard the, the 10,000-hour rule, uh, how, like, uh, you put 10,000 hours into a craft, then next day you know you're a master. 
I've mastered that shit. Okay. So, like, you know what I mean? I'm at a point where it's like I done put these 10,000 hours in, so it's a must that yeah. I get. You know, I got to get God's work yeah, done. for sure. You know what I mean? So now it's about shows, man, like, you know, uh, doing my own shows and working on my own album. Uh, you know, just whatever whatever God tell me to do, bro, is getting done now. I, I, I refuse to, to, to fight and box and try to run back and forth. And uh, you know, and you know, try to find my way. When now I know my way. That's the, that's the difference. Okay. All right, man. Man, that's, that's a good insight. So let, let, we're gonna change it up. All right. So everybody, you know, y'all listen to the show all the time. You know, this is the fun the fun part of the show. I like to call it. This is called. Slow down. We just want to get to know you. This is where we kind of just ask you some questions. So people can get to know you, you know, just for you. We don't know where these questions are going to go. We just, we just, we just going to do it. You, you cool with that? For sure. Let's go. All right. So real quick, I want you to shout out where everybody can find you on social media. The Trap Pianist. The, T-H-E, not the. T-H-E, Trap Pianist. Everywhere. So make sure y'all follow him on, you know, the Trap Pianist. Also, you know, the Slow Down segment is brought to you by Lyrically Correct. You know, check this man out. We play Lyrically Correct. See how good he did. See, you know, see see if he's Lyrically Correct. So go to LyricallyCorrect.com, put in that promo code Ray Ray, get your 20% off. Then go watch my man, the trap pianist, play Lyrically Correct. See if he's Lyrically Correct, all right? Cool. All right. So let, let, let's, let's talk about some fun questions here real quick. I, I got a fun little, little question for you, all right? What are the five biggest records? And you, I mean, by records, I mean songs. What do you think the five biggest songs to ever come out of Atlanta? The five biggest to ever come out of Atlanta. Uh, five biggest songs. I can name the five biggest for me. Okay. Uh, the five biggest for me, I would say one is Welcome to Atlanta. Uh, I would say Players Ball. Uh, those two songs change the dynamic of Atlanta. I would say, um, uh, uh, let's see, Air Force's Young Jeezy, because that changed the dynamic of the clubs. Um, number four, I would say, Oh, I did name three. Name three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah two four. more. The the last two I would say, twenty four is Ti. It changed the dynamic of the city. And uh, if I had a fifth song, I would bring it to uh, Bad and Bougie, like the the the, the, the Migos, because that changed the whole dynamic. You know that right? That 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 really changed right. It changed everything from the way you know you know recipes take off. By the way, for sure. Um, Everything about them, just the cadence, uh, just the way the beats were, sure. ad libs, everything. Everyone was like, okay, now we got to kind of. Bro, they put their whole city, like Atlanta is big like Dallas, right? Mm -hmm. They put a whole side of the city on the map that people tend to forget about. Yeah. The North, when they came out representing that North, man, yeah. it was like, man, like, that's when niggas up and go that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, now, people always want to say this, and I want to get your opinion on it. Do you think Migos would have been as big if Drake would have got on Versace? Yes. Because uh, I believe that Drake getting on Versace was because of the Migos. Okay. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. ain't nobody of Drake caliber going to gravitate to uh, talentless people. You get yeah. what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Mm, that's people he got on his well, songs. I'm, uh, I'm kind of uh, questioning, bro. Hey, you know, you got to be able to put the song together what, what, to attract them, though. What was that dude? The club going up. Oh, uh, on a Tuesday. Uh, I ain't heard uh, from that guy ever since uh, ever again. What's his name? I am a cannon or McCannon McConan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Drake. That's, that song was hard, though. That, it was. But <laughs> 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 there's a lot of, lot of songs Drake done hopped on. It's right. just, we really ain't heard from those artists since Drake hopped on them. So I don't know. It is what it is. All right. 
So who who do you think had more of a bigger hip hop hip? Ugh, I can't talk right now. Who do you think had more of a bigger impact in hip hop? Atlanta or New York? Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta. I'm, you know, I'm gonna rep my hood until I die, bro. Like, I, I mean, I'll say this though about New York. New York for me, because I was a kid, you know, mid '90s. So for me, you know what I mean. I pay my homage to New York because actually that sound is what influenced that uh, Outkast Goody Mob sound. Yeah. You know what I mean at the beginning because it was Outkast and Goody Mob who had to get out here and put their neck on the line for us. You know what I mean by doing something that would transition into what we call like Atlanta music. Yeah. You know what I mean. So I ain't going. You know I ain't gonna hate on New York, but I'm always repping Atlanta. And, that, and one of the things you know they always said was like. In New York, everybody wanted to be the king of New York, wanted to be the biggest thing in New York. Right. In Atlanta, everybody worked together. Like, yeah, yo, right, let me get right. your track, I get your track. Man. Everyone got on the Southern, same track. Southern it's hospitality, yeah. bro, is no different than, like I told you about Dallas. That's why I love it here, because it's Southern hospitality. That's I, what we do. We, we, why are we going to hate on each other? Yeah, and I, and I feel like that's the reason why a lot of the artists down here on South have gotten so big, because everyone works with everybody. Man. Like, you see... And every generation of Atlanta artists come together, if you've noticed. You know what I'm saying? I've noticed like, a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so some people, at some point. Right. Well, certain artists, they <laughs> right. just had to have well, five minutes. Yeah, you know, you, you hear it over there. Right. All right. So if, if, you know, if you, you know, you had a record label, all right, you know, and you had to pick your roster, your, your top five artists, any genre, any era of time, what would be your dream record label? My dream label with artists of artists that you have on your roster, man. I'm going for the money, so I'm gonna say Pink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I just that's around like, nah, for real. I'm a, uh, I say we talking hip hop. Any, any, I mean, any genre, any artist from any, any genre, time period. If you could build your top five, any musicians, any group, what would be your top five? Your, your label. Oh. Uh, I think it, it, it it's almost like I'm so biased. I'm gonna uh, pull a label, and grab <laughs> one label, and bring another one in because I believe that everything that Young Money did, along with everything that uh, L.A. Reid and them did with LaFace, I think if you took uh, CeeLo and uh, Andre and a Big Boy and Goody My all that, and you tied that in with what's cracking right now with um, you know like Drake, of course, you know what I mean. You know, you tie that into like Drake and what Drake. what was done with Nicki and all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like when you tie in <coughs> certain labels, bro, it's like you're gonna win anyway. So I could take five out of you know. Yeah. So pick your. I want you to pick your five artists, your five artists, and make your super label. All right. Today, currently though, it could be like, any, any 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 okay any era any time period. I'm gonna go five with, artists. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Drake. I'm gonna go with uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with Drake. I'm gonna go with Andre Three Thousand. I'm gonna go with both of them. I'm gonna go with Outcast. Okay. Can't, I mean, is it? Yeah, I'm I count Outcast as one. We count Outcast as one. Okay. One, okay. All right. I'm gonna go with. I gotta go with Goody Mob too. So I mean, you know, and then I'm so real about mine that you know what I mean I gotta go with if I could bring like Pimp C back alive and and had him. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I had Pimp C. Uh, but I can't forget Bun because you know it's just it just so we put hand UK hand. We right. put UK so we put there as a group you get one more right yeah one more and then my favorite group of all time for me is Three Six Mafia bro like I grew up on that on all of them songs R I P Gangsta Boo by the right. way man you know rest in peace Gangsta Boo 
she was a trailblazer, right. uh, you know, for that generation. But you got th- that's even another thing. Three Six Mafia, all the affiliates of Three Six Mafia that work. You know, you had you know Mr. Biggs, Bro. Project Pat. Bro, he uh, wasn't a little white back see, right because yeah. see, like you know, what I mean, all of them was the people we looked up to because my we was younger than them. You see what I'm saying? So it was like. I'm younger, I'm a lot younger than UGK, a lot younger than Outkast, a lot younger. But, you know what I mean? It was just like, that's what raised me, that sound, because it was like music and rap, mm-hmm. like, together. You know what I'm saying? Versus, like, you know, nowadays people want to question lyrics and other things of that nature. You know what I mean? At that time, all those artists were able to do any type of music. So Yeah, yeah. So, quick question for you. Should it matter who wrote the song? Uh no, cause a lot of people are like oh this nigga don't he don't write his rap someone else wrote his rap man you'll be Should surprised you'll be su- you'll be surprised that's people that ain't been around yeah like you could be in the studio with somebody y'all drinking smoking whatever the case may be and y'all putting the song together and bro on the side who you don't even know exists in the room might say something to spark an idea yeah you get what I'm saying and then it may trigger more lyrics so can you say that bro didn't contribute to the record because he was there. Yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I didn't see, like, I'm talking dudes that you don't even know their names. Just yeah. out of nowhere who just cool with you and say something and then it sparks something. So, no, nah, I, don't, I don't really have no problem with that. It's all about the product. Yeah. Because yeah. we out here to sell something. Yeah, because, I mean, I feel like, you know, a lot of the producers, a lot of writers, like, yo, I'm holding his song for a certain artist. Like, yo, I want this artist to get wind of this song. I feel right. like this song is for this. And I was talking to my boy Jay Oliver, you know, shout out Jay. For sure. Uh, I was talking to him, like, you know, when you make your beats. Are you tailoring certain beats for certain artists? Uh, he's like, yeah, you know, sometimes he does do that. Right. Uh, but sometimes, you know, someone you don't even think likes a certain song <laughs> uh, wants that song from you. Always. Uh, uh, it's like a perfect story. I was watching a video about uh, how the thong song got made. Right. I think originally the thong song beat was spent from Michael Jackson. It actually got into a pile. Cisco was like, yo, I want that. Right. I want that. And they was like, no, no, no. And he basically begged him for the beat. He was on a plane. He's like, I'll get off this plane right now and turn around and come back and get them. And that's how the thong song came. Right. But that's what I mean. It, it's stuff like that happened. Because, like, I give you a story. So when I was with Jeezy, right, a popular record I did called Corporate Thugging mm-hmm. came out in 07 on the USDA album, right? And when I did that record, it was the same concept. That wasn't trap. Yeah. Man, I remember when I made it. It was, I put It was like jazz chords and all kind of crap in it. And I was thinking more like a band, you know what I mean? Because it was my dream that, man, I'm going to have the bands playing this, which later happened, yeah. you know, because like, you're on YouTube, like North Carolina A&T, they still play to this day. Yeah. Right? So it's just like when I made the song, I go to the studio. When I get there, I beat Jeezy there. So it's USDA album, so it was the group album. Yeah. So it's Jeezy, Blood Raw, Slick Puller, right? So I go in the back to the B room, and uh, Slick Puller was in there. So he, you know, he was like, yo, bro, you got some yams? Let me hear some, you know, hear the tracks. Yeah. So I played the tracks. And he looked at me and was just like, oh, no, nah, you ain't got nothing else? Because I ain't put the three tracks on it. He was like, yeah. bro, you ain't got nothing else? Because back then, we, you know, we went emailing like that. We pulling up. Yeah. So um, as I'm walking out, Jeezy come in. Then he looked at me. He said, yo, Naz, well, yo, man, you got, you got some yams? Let me hear something. I play him them same tracks. When bro heard Corporate Thugging, he stopped in his tracks and wrote a 20-some-odd verse bar. You know what I mean? We yeah, yeah. And just went in. And I was like, damn. You see what I'm saying? Just one move. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Look at God's timing. But one move, you know what I mean? I could have held my head down because Slick said, nah, I ain't rocking with it like that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Then I could have left. 
missed him. You get what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And then boom. But that's how songs put together. That's the joy of music. You never know God's timing. Man, that's how it works. His timing is never wrong. That's one thing I Absolutely. So if you could give I always like to like kind of wrap up with this question here. It's like a two part question. First part, what do you want someone to take away from the podcast you did today? And secondly, if you could give some advice to anyone, it could be anything about anything, what advice would you give to anyone? Okay, so I'm going to try to put them all together. All right. Put the advice and what I would like people to take away. I would like people to take away that you should never, ever, ever, ever in your life give up on yourself. Don't fall for the scams. Don't fall for the hustles. Don't get so focused on the money that you tend to lose yourself in it to where you running around doing things that's not you. Stay within yourself. I'm just a product of somebody who found himself. You know, like I told you earlier, I ran from music, but I can't because God put it in me. You get yeah. what I'm saying? But I had to find it. I had to do the work to find it. You know what I mean? So even at times when the music business, because music business get hard, bro. Like, because, yeah. you know, like I told you, they ain't giving you no handbook when you come in the game. Yeah. So my main thing is, especially for the young dudes that's doing music, you know what I mean? It's just, man, never give up on yourself. It's like even if you a rapper and somebody say, hey, it's too many of them, what difference does it make? Yeah, yeah. That's like saying it's too many books. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, we need as many interpretations because we all got God's nature in us, man. So we got to get, we got to do God's work. If he tell you do something, do it. Amen. Amen. Preach up hey, hey, I heard enough sermons playing keys at church. <laughs> right. Got a passive collection played around yeah, over yeah, here, bro. Hey, tip the pianist. Man, but I appreciate you coming on, man. Sure Rocking with us, bro. Yeah. Being on the show. Yeah. Man, open invite. Make sure you follow him, the trap pianist on all social medias. You know, hopefully we gotta come back. You know, you come rock with us again. For sure, for sure. Uh go check out we his, in Dallas now, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Go check out the literally correct. See how well he did with the legally correct with the game. He, he, he did. He had well, a high man, we, score, man. We all, all start. He had a he had a high score. You know, make sure you know make sure you go on to go like and subscribe to us on Instagram, YouTube. Follow, follow. It's very important for you to subscribe and follow. Yeah, I know y'all watching the videos, but subscribe and like that goes a long way. Please be sure y'all doing it. And, you know, I want to end you know end it off on a positive note too. Get your bird man hands together, rub them together. Tell yourself, I will boss up financially. I will boss up spiritually, I will boss up mentally, and I will boss up physically. Invest in yourself. It's your boy Ray, Ray Ray's podcast. We out. Salute. Salute. Get money all day, get money all night Sip my drink, ho, let's get right